Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Today's episode is requested by and inspired by a good friend of mine, Larry Boyer, and he was on a previous episode of Why It Works, an earlier podcast that I do, uh, and he is an author, uh, he's a data scientist, uh, and he talks about uh, the fourth industrial revolution and how AI and technology and all of these sort of sea changes will affect the future of how we work and the jobs that are available. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely uh, check out Larry, and I'll share his uh, information uh, on the website. So one thing he requested was it'd be interesting to talk about Star Wars characters, because he and I are both Star Wars fans, uh, and how that might inform executive presence. So the character I'd like to talk about is one of my favorites from the newer version of Star Wars, Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, He plays a Jedi. My wife always makes fun of me. I have some sort of, uh, you know, sort of movie crush on Liam Neeson, you know, everything he's done from, you know, earlier days, Rob Roy to, you know, Taken and all the things he does. I I really enjoy his movies. I I just think, uh, you know, I enjoy watching the guy. Fantastic. So anyways, there's one thing that he says um, as a Jedi. He says uh, to his student, your focus determines your reality. So that's what I want to talk about today, how your focus determines your reality in two areas. One, your identity, right? How you focus your identity of who you are. And two, how you spend your time, your activities. So I have a very personal um, example of identity, which has to do with my career and the jobs that I thought I was capable of doing. So early on in my career, I didn't have a traditional track. I didn't work at a big law firm uh, for several years and then go into a corporation. Uh, And that's typically the way law firms like to hire their lawyers. Uh, I mean, that's typically the way large organizations like to hire their lawyers outside of law firms. Um, So it's very difficult to break in if that's not the way you would do it. So for many years, even after I've been working for large corporations for many years, you know, with increasing levels of responsibility, I didn't think this was a possibility for me until I started to see a lot of friends of mine and former colleagues who also didn't have that traditional kind of big law firm experience, and they were getting jobs as corporate counsel in large organizations. I said, hmm, this person isn't smarter than me. They don't have more experience than me. They didn't go to a better school than me, and I really don't understand how they got this job. And then I came to the realization, wait a second, if they can get the job, I can get the job. So as soon as I made that identity shift that I could be a corporate counsel, I started applying for corporate counsel positions, and eventually, after not too much time, I actually got a corporate counsel position. And that was, I believe, truly based on a shift in identity, where before I didn't even believe it was possible. Another example in terms of choosing your identity is how I started coaching and my coaching business, whereas before I would constantly talk to people, I would give them advice. Um, But I wouldn't charge them from it because we were just colleagues. And one day, a former colleague of mine, actually from the company I ended up going to as a corporate counsel, called me up and said, Joe, you know, I'm really looking to improve my professional results. I want a career coach and I'd be willing to pay for it. Would you be my coach? And the important lesson here was 
I had to be able to identify as a coach so I could say yes to success, right? If I hadn't believed that I could do it, I would have said, no, you know, I don't do this. Is, you know, it'd be weird. I'm too busy doing other things. But I was like, you know what? I can be a coach and I want to be a coach. So I did what was necessary, figured out the rates, sent her a proposal. She said yes. And I coached her um, for several, several months. And then shortly thereafter, I was talking to another coworker, former coworker, and we were talking talking about job advice and she said to me joe you're pretty good at this and i said oh it's funny you should say that i just started coaching people would you mind if i sent you a proposal and they said sure so i sent them a proposal and then i started coaching them so all these things were not opportunities because i got lucky necessarily it was because i had identified as this change in my persona and been able to say yes to success now the second terms of focus is the activities that you do uh, and there was a, uh, a trip that I took down to DC, saw one of my coworkers and I was so impressed. Her wall was just covered with awards. We have these things, um, at KPMG called Encore Awards. Um, so they could be for a little bit of money or they could actually be for a pretty decent amount of money. And you get nominated from them for them by people that you've done something, you know, above and beyond for. So it could be your own team or it could be um, another team that you're working with. And I was just so impressed. I'd never seen anyone that had so many Encore Awards. So I made a commitment to myself, you know, that year. I said, you know what? I'm really going to work hard to, to give the kind of service that will generate these Encore Awards. And at the end of the year, I want my cube to be covered, you know, maybe not as much as her, but, you know, covered more than it was uh, now with Encore Awards. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as I shifted that mentality and started changing the way I acted and, and the activities and serving people, I kept on getting more and more Encore Awards. So by the end of the year, my cubicle was littered with Encore Awards and people were saying to me, wow, Joe, you have all these Encore Awards. Uh, and the second in terms of activities is getting referral bonuses. So at KPMG, we get a referral bonus if someone that we recommend gets hired into the organization because um, it's expensive to hire recruiters. So they like it when, you know, you're basically not officially, but, you know, very informally, indirectly doing something similar to what a recruiter would do in terms of, you know, bringing um, good talent, uh, at least the awareness of them into the organization. So uh, one year I said, you know what, you know. The, you know, it's pretty good to like refer people because then you get to work with people you want and then you get a bonus as well. I'm really going to make an effort. So that year I just started going all out, referring people and kind of like doing a lot of activity, doing a lot of volume because I knew in the past it's very difficult and I'd never actually successfully gotten a referral bonus. Wouldn't you know, after I started doing that in three years, I got three referrals as well as a lottery win because sometimes they have these lotteries just for putting people's resumes in and I actually won a lottery bonus just for putting someone's resume in and they weren't even interviewed and hired it was just their name was in there so it's it's really important that you also do the activities that are going to ensure your success as well so your focus determines your reality your your choosing your identity as well as choosing your activities so your mission is to pick something you want, right? Pick something you want and start the activities that support it. And it should be in alignment with your identity because if you don't really believe that it's something you can do or deserve, uh, you won't really fully embrace the activities or the opportunities that may come your way. You may um, just bat them away like I easily could have with my coaching opportunities. Second uh, potential mission, if you'd like to work at KPMG in the US, send me your resume. 
if you're in the U.S. and haven't applied, I, I can't refer people outside of the U.S. I can't refer you if you've already um, – sorry, not if you've already applied. I, I can only apply people in the U.S. who have not been referred by another KPMG employee. So if you are in the U.S. and you haven't been referred by another KPMG employee, send me your resume. You can you know do it through LinkedIn or at joe at connectioncounselor.com, and I'm more than happy to refer you. And finally, if you'd like a keynote speaker or coaching on how to take your career to the next level with executive presence, either for yourself or your organization or a workshop for your team, reach out to me at joe at connectioncounselor.com or if we're connected on LinkedIn, find me there. Thanks so much for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. I'm Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. Hello, welcome back to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. We've been talking a bit about bad bosses and how to deal with those sorts of situations. So we're going to move from bad bosses to bad reviews. Uh, think of yourself as a, as a restaurant or a hotel and think about how poorly things can go when there's a bad review on Yelp or, or TripAdvisor. So from a professional and executive presence context, um, not just talking about our performance reviews, although those are an important piece of this, I'm also just talking about getting bad mouth in general, right? So you do something and someone... Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty, executive presence morsel. So.